Welcome to Ask the Landlord. And Melissa and I, Albert Dweck, are going to be speaking about why is it so expensive to live in New York City? Um, I something this is a topic that you know we all deal with as uh, residents here in New York City, and whoever comes to visit, it's like, why is it so expensive? What's going on? And I don't think people really understand the underlying economics, uh, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And that'll I think that'll help open up um, for people what's what's behind uh, what's happening. So let's just jump into it, Albert. Why is it so expensive to live in New York City? That's a, you know, Melissa, that is the $100 million question that everybody wants to know. So obviously there are people who live, uh, who buy in New York City and there are people who rent in New York City. Um, and as you know, being a landlord and in, in this podcast, it's more about what's about for renters. So, but let's start with the buyers for a minute because I think that's it's part of the conversation, um, and you'll see where this will go. So, basically, according to the last census, New York City has. Wait, first of all, let's let's also define New York City, okay? Because that's an important part of this. New York City is five boroughs, right? The only borough, it's fun fact, that's a, a part of the contiguous forty-eight states is. Well, the Bronx. The Bronx. The Bronx. There we go. The only borough that's attached <laughs> to the United States. Good. And then, so Manhattan is an island. Staten Island is an island. Um, on Queens. Long Island, on the on the uh, western tip of Long Island, you have Queens, which is on the north part, and then Brooklyn, which is on the southern part. The biggest one by land area is Queens. The biggest one by population is Brooklyn. Brooklyn would be like the third or fourth largest city in the United States if it was just city by itself. Okay. That's a surprising fact. I'm sure most yeah. people think it's Manhattan. Yeah, no. And but let's talk about Manhattan. Manhattan has about a million residents. Um, and the, th- the the thing that's been happening, let's say in the pandemic, is that used to be that three million people come to work in Manhattan, a million people live in Manhattan. So so what's happening now is that oh, businesses don't see uh, the New York City uh, Manhattan economy really was based around a lot of commuters coming in when they're not coming in that kind of changes the game right so uh, so something to understand now we're coming back to the whole New York City as a whole which is the five boroughs okay eight and a half million people live in New York City the five boroughs and you know there's a thing about living in the city right so so everyone wants to live in New York City be in New York City and New York City is not getting any bigger right so so it's basically uh, this these five boroughs and eight and a half million people. Okay, so now we know the numbers about how many people we have. Okay, okay. Now we say, okay, well, how many households are there? How many homes are there? Well, there are about, give or take, I'm going to be use round numbers for the purposes of this exercise, about three million homes. Okay, so there's about three million households. And when you look at cities in the United States, um, you can, the, New York City is a little unique, and most people don't know this. Most of the three million homes are rentals in New York City. Uh, so, and how it goes is about two thirds of the homes in New York City of the three million, so two million of the three million are rentals, which makes one million of the three million 
only owners for buying. So now you all automatically now we first look at, wait a second, if I want to buy something in New York, I'm entering the market and you're like, only one third of the total households are available to purchase. That's why it's so expensive to buy in New York City. Like the underlying reason is because there's only really one third of the market available for sale. Right. Does that make sense? It does. And there isn't much more land to build, right? Right. So that's the, the that's another problem. So there, there hasn't been a lot built um, that most people can afford or there isn't a lot of, there isn't right. There's a limited amount of land that where people want to live. And one of the other major problems is certainly that there hasn't been enough built. But we'll come back to that. But right now, so you're looking at just 3 million, 3 million households and only one third of them is available for purchase, which is ultimately the one of the biggest reasons why it's so expensive to buy something. Okay? Okay. Now, now we we're, I got it. We're, the, we're talking about landlords and tenants here. So we're going to talk about the two-thirds of the apartments or households, right, that are for rent in New York City. And almost the same problem exists there. So what, what we have there is now, you know, 2 million out of the 3 million are rentals. Okay. So two thirds of the market are rentals. And if you're a new renter entering the marketplace, when you look at the rentals, you're saying, okay, well, I'm in two thirds of the market should be a, 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 should be a plentiful, plentiful supply of rentals, but there isn't. And here's why. The rental market is bifurcated, divided into two. There's free market rentals, which are about half of all the rentals. So 1 million out of the 2 million rentals are free market apartments. Okay? And 1 million of the 2 million, again, half, are rent-stabilized apartments or rent-controlled. A little bit of rent control, but mostly rent-stabilized. So now, and the laws changed in uh, June of 2019 such that Really, the the um, the rent stabilized units are essentially uh, staying where they are for the most part. They're not being moved from rent stabilization out of into free market status. So now, if you're a new renter entering the market, you really only have the free market rentals to choose from. So you're only dealing in the third of the market. So it's so limited. So now, like, if you're not a buyer, if you're a buyer, you're only in a third of the market. If you're a new renter, you're only in a third of the market also, where the supply is constrained. Because by the laws changing back in 2019 and, uh, you know, the there there was an effort there to make uh, things more affordable or keep things affordable for renters that were there, they said, you know what, the government said, we're going to keep the rent stabilized apartments where they are. So the people who are in those apartments are inclined and um, incentivized to stay in those apartments. So those people who have those aren't really moving. It's not like you're, you know, I'm sure there's like a Seinfeld episode about this once back in the day, oh, the apartment and how to get it. So those those days really are in the on the past of, of being able to get a rent stabilized apartment and you know, securing a low rent for a long time. So the people who are in those are staying in those. And then now the the only in one third of the market as a rent. So now you're like, oh, well, now I understand why it's so expensive, you know. And then New York City, uh, another, uh, you know, 
because of all this, um, 40% of New Yorkers are living together to share the rent, which is also a very uh, difficult thing. And then when you look at also whoever graduates college, there was a recent study that was done and it said, oh, almost almost half of people who, who graduate college want to come to New York. So all the people who graduate college in the United States want to come to New York at some point to visit. To, I was to, one of those. <laughs> to live there, right? Right. So you're like, now you're like, wait a second. That's a lot of people that want to come. And then, of course, there are tourists that come and all that. So there's only a certain number of units available. Um, and that's really essentially what's going on underneath. Uh, so people go, oh, why is that? Well, now, you're, now we come back to the supply issue. It's like, ultimately there's a big supply problem in the, in the, and, and it's not like we're building new supply. It's most of the, uh, it's very hard to build new supply. And uh, in 2014 and 15 and 16, there was essentially a lot of permits pulled and there was new uh, housing built, but a lot of it was luxury, super luxury housing to cater to um, uh, higher, higher uh, paying uh, people, mostly who were buyers from overseas that wanted to, you know, have a place here. Um, and, and obviously that's not for everybody, those kind of things. And they, so they're already a very high uh, expensive, uh, uh, you know, bar that they have to reach to, to be able to afford those. So, and then not enough were built anyway to, to, to affect this. Um, so, and it's funny when they, when the laws changed in 2019 to make it, uh, better and more affordable for renters uh, uh, to maintain the rent stabilization. You know, unfortunately, it it didn't it didn't allow. Now there's no movement between essentially rent stabilization and free market apartments. So, really, the supply is severely constrained, uh, and that's why there's such competition for uh, these market these apartments. So, so let me ask you a little a little question about maybe some hope for some new renters. Sure. Do you think that because of COVID, some of the commercial spaces aren't being used as they were? Are those going to be turned into residential? And then does that yeah. provide some hope for lower rent? That's a great. That's a great question, um, and I think we're we're going to see that, and we have seen that happen. Um, if you recall, and uh, in the financial district, really after uh, 1987 Black Friday. The, the, the financial district changed uh, forever and some jobs never came back to the financial district. So what happened in the, sorry, when I say the financial district, I mean the lower Manhattan, um, a lot of those office buildings that were full with uh, people who would work down there on the stock exchange, et cetera, um, became empty or they converted to where now FIDI became, let's say, a residential destination where they took old offices and repurposed them for residential. And that essentially became an area that when I was growing up was, you know, after five o'clock was no one, no one was living there or there, but now you have people living. There. So that is something that we will see um, uh, hopefully where some of this excess office space will be repurposed or some of these buildings that, uh, and, and this happened across the city many times, like, you know, in Soho, you had manufacturing and office buildings, uh, manufacturing and warehouse buildings that were converted. You had, uh, you know, 
in Dumbo, for example, you know, there's all warehouses along the water. Those were converted to residential and office. So you'll see, but it takes a lot of time, you know, and it's not inexpensive. And, you know, what has to happen is a concerted effort by um, the government and all the constituents to, uh, and the builders and everyone to, to say, look, we're going to undertake these big projects to convert uh, what was never meant for people to live in um, uh, into residential. So those things will uh, will help. Uh, another thing, obviously, that would help, um, which is um, uh, obviously New York City has a great transportation system, the subway system, and expanding that uh, and making it even more efficient than it is. It's 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 pretty inexpensive now, um, but as far if that goes even better or further, people can can live further away um, and get to where they need to go uh, quicker. So that expands. Um, that would help uh, increase supply as well. So um, that's just a, a little bit of a sort of an understanding of the economics and the supply and demand behind what's going on in New York and why it's so expensive to buy and why it's so expensive to rent. So uh, I, I, I often explain that to people and it's like, oh, I never thought of that. I never knew that. I never understood that. Well, now, you know, now you do. Thank you so much for answering all those questions. My pleasure. For more episodes, please subscribe to Ask the Landlord on your favorite podcast platform. We'd appreciate it if you left a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to watch the show, check out our Ask the Landlord YouTube channel. If you have a question for Albert, feel free to contact him on Instagram at AskTheLandlord and check out his TikTok at AskTheLandlord. Bridging the gap between landlords and tenants, this has been Ask the Landlord. Thanks for listening. Thank you.